Promise No Promises Songs to Sound Worlds The podcast Promise No Promises unfolds a further series of episodes devoted to songs to sound worlds, stories to rewrite them, on gender, storytelling and myth. This series emerges from the Autumn 2022 Master Symposium at the Institute Art, Gender, Nature, HGK, FHNW, moderated by Chus Martinez and Quinn Latimer, supported by Südkulturfonds. Etel Adnan once wrote, spectrally and spectacularly, mountains are spaceships and mountains are women. What else are mountains? What else women? Whose spaceship? And why collapse them into one story? To critically and virtuosically address the world from such mythic and counter-hegemonic positions means to face colonial histories and neocolonial realities, as well as their denial of ancestral and speculative ways of perceiving and shaping that very world. Our Autumn Master Symposium was devoted to artists and thinkers whose work addresses the importance of retelling and reinterpreting stories and myths that regard identity and gender with all their ecological and spectral entanglements intact. Such myths often transcend colonial binaries, offering life-generating languages that employ fiction and fantasy, poetry and song, which predate the systems imposed by heteromodernity and its patriarchization of our most foundational stories. This podcast series features talks and performances by Jumana Emila Bud, Bania Bedi, Christian Campbell, Achaye Kerunen, Astrid Ismaili, Tessa Mars, and Kara Springer. Episode 5, Shapes. Astrid Ismaili was born in Kosovo and is based in Amsterdam. Their artistic practice features bodies that consist of both, imaginary and material realities. Using alter egos, body extensions and wearable music instruments to embody possibilities for becoming. In the act of singing, they explore the role of voice in pop culture and identity politics asking what it means to make audible a body politic. When I was a kid, I used to sing with my sister. My mom is a music composer, so as children we were singing in music festivals, in TV programs, and we even had an album. <laughs> The title of the album, it's called Trilla, which uh, from Albanian, it means fabulate. It had around 10 songs and uh, we launched it at this space called the Red Hall, which is part of the Palace of Youth and Sports in Pristina. Somehow in the middle of the concert, by the end of it, while I'm singing, I just get super emotional and then I start crying. 
and I burst into tears and I ran away from stage. And that's kind of how my memory with that space ended, quite tragic. By the beginning of this year, I got contacted by Catherine Nichols, who was appointed as a creative mediator of Manifesta, uh, to commission a new project for Manifesta. And as we were talking about spaces and venues uh, where to present this work, they actually have made a decision and they've decided that the best venue to present my work is the Red Hall, the space where I ran away as a kid. And in the beginning, I was like, this is absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> Couldn't you find like a better space? Like, talking to my producer again, I started crying. And then they were like, what's going on? And then I told them the story. And they were like, well, it seems quite clear to me that you got to have to deal with that part of the past. And from that moment on, the ho this whole process of making this project actually became very personal and uh, emotional. And uh, it was also an opportunity for me to come back to Pristina, a place I grew up and I became the person I am today because I left eight years ago and then I never really showed my work there. So this was kind of like coming home. But at the same time, on top of that, dealing also with the trauma that I experienced as a child. So then during this process, actually, I started revisiting works that relate to home and migration and belonging. And there's this project that I did in 2017, which is called Nemesis. The project actually starts with a, with a rap song. <laughs> I was into Cardi B in that period. <laughs> I was like, let me make a rap song. But the song actually speaks about my frustration uh, dealing with the integration process in the Netherlands. And I wrote that song on the day where, when my residency permit expired. My name is Astrid Ismaili. Today, my residency permit expired, and I wrote a rap song about it. I don't care now what you think, I don't care now what you know, I don't really want to stay, I don't really want to go, I don't really know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I am learning to say no, I am learning to say no. If I stay, what will I gain? If I go, what will I miss? Cloudy rain, sinking, singing, I became a butterfly. I got only one day left, this one day is a lifetime. Restricted by the politics, free movement is all I want. Get me checked. Check my blood. Check my roots. Check my balance. Check my D. Get me checked. Check my blood. Check my roots. Check my balance. But they don't really know that I can go low, I can go down, I can go everywhere I want to go, go now. Cause I'm a smart ass. Yes, I'm a smart ass, smart ass. Yes, I'm a smart ass. I can go low, I can go down, I can go everywhere I wanna just go now. 
I fuck you and I get you money. 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 It is so hard to say no, cause these bitches want my lip. All these bitches love my dick. All these bitches love my ass. It is so hard to say no, cause I'm always saying yes. <laughs> I actually wanted to start the performance in Pristina with this segment, but it didn't happen. However, this song was a catalyst during the process and somehow maybe not visible in the piece. It was like a moving force and invisibly present. Another reoccurring notion that um, comes back in my work is creative under limitation, which is uh, something that somehow came very naturally in my practice, and I, I guess also it has to do with my personal struggles <laughs> as a queer person from Kosovo living in the Netherlands. Through this notion, I explore fictional and non-fictional uh, figures that use creativity as a tool to overcome certain bodily or sociopolitical limitations. I'm interested in that moment of uh, transformation where like a subject takes the initiative to change something about themselves or change something around the environment. I'm interested in the resilience and uh, resistance in a subjective sense, but also its social impact that it could have in the environment around. So an example of this is actually a project, MISS, which I did in 2019 in collaboration with Magdalena Mitterhofer, Ivan Chang, and Vincent Arp, and Flaka Yohai, who's also here, who did the costumes, because my work actually, I work a lot in collaboration. The project is uh, made for three performers who embody three different figures that uh, are historical. The first flower on earth, which explores the evolution of plants into flowering plants, and then Cicciolina, who's a Hungarian immigrant who moved to Italy in the 70s and started her career as a porn star. And then by the beginning of the 80s, she was elected as a parliamentarian in the Italian parliament. So she was also one of the figures that we embodied. And Miss Kosovo, which is a fictional figure, is connected to a chain of political events that happened by the, the end of 80s, like the fall of Berlin Wall, and then the division of Yugoslavia, and uh, the creation of new national identities. But what makes uh, Miss Kosovo relevant today is uh, because Miss Kosovo's body is, is a queer body, and it's also put in a context of a beauty contest, like a Miss. The struggle of queer people all over the world is actually <laughs> didn't stop with the ends of any of these other wars that happened. And as a reality, being a queer person, but also going through war, the layering, it, it makes it very complex. And I feel like as a voice, it's still, it needs recognition and acknowledgement. So that's why I devoted a part of this performance to Miss Kosovo, to also relate to that part of my history. Darling, it's started a 
So actually, as I mentioned before, it references the evolution of the first plant into flowering plant. I don't know if you're aware, but in the botanic world, flowers actually didn't exist for many, many years. And 100 million years ago, plants had a really hard time to reproduce because their only reproduction agent was the wind. And uh, since plants cannot travel, they were very, their conditions for reproduction were actually really hard. So plants had to come up with a really creative <laughs> solution <laughs> and um, evolve into flowering plants so that they can upgrade their lives and uh, uh, be able to reproduce. I found this very interesting story because metaphorically it somehow relates to a lot of situations in which uh, different communities or people have to kind of bloom <laughs> in order to survive. I thought this uh, story of the first plant that decided to become a flower would be interesting to give it a, a language, some lyrics and a melody. It made a lot of sense that actually I take this part from this performance to connect and make it part of links, the performance that was shown in Manifesta because it was kind of like a, a dedication and a way to connect with a queer community in Pristina who have a really hard time to just be themselves and exist in that environment. And when I was growing up there, it was actually much harder. And it's so nice to see now that there's actually more things happening and more queer spaces. So for me, this was kind of like a way to connect to that part of myself because it also relates to the reason why I moved out to this question of home and um, was kind of like made a lot of sense to, to start the performance with this song. So I will share an excerpt from Lynx. Thank you. 
Another way to explore this notion creative under limitation are also wearable musical instruments, instruments that I like to call them uh, portals of transformation. Basically, most of them, you wear them and then they limit the movement of the body in the space. But also I'm interested in a conceptual sense on the distinctions between natural and artificial and I think this is also related to a lot of gender issues and the queer bodies and marginalized bodies. Somehow, like by adding like a new aesthetics and sonic aesthetics and a physical aesthetics in the body, it allows to rethink actually how different bodies can take different shapes and not only in a conventional sense, but like there could be so many uh, fantastical <laughs> attributions that could be added to the body. When it comes to like, in a social and political sense, I think we're quite behind when it comes to this, these discussions because we're still talking about binaries and uh, it's very, the, the discussion is still very like charged. Uh, I wish we were free from these binaries so that we could think of bodies in a more open way because bodies can take all kinds of shapes. <laughs> And maybe an example of that is uh, a project uh, I did in 2018, which shows kind of like the beginning of my interest in, the w in wearable musical instruments, which is called the New Body, and which is an instrument that uh, has seven different parts. And the movement of the body is basically translated into sound. And they're like sound samples, which are triggered every time the body is moving.
for the project that was presented at Manifesta, which is called Links, we developed new uh, new wearable musical instrument, which works with threads that are connected to a structure that you will see. And basically, when you pull the thread, there is a sound sample. Depending on the pace of the movement of the body, the sound is being triggered and produced. Despite the sonic uh, element, I was actually also interested in uh, dividing the space with these threads that are hooked on the body to comment on um, borders, which was like a question that it was very important during this whole journey of making this project, uh, knowing that Manifesta Biennial is a nomadic biennial, but on the other hand, Kosovo is one of the most isolated countries in Europe, uh, which people from Kosovo experience a really harsh vi visa reg regime, which is actually really, I think, problematic. The EU status towards Kosovo not granting the visa li liberalization, it's really, really problematic, and it, it affects people's uh, life in all kinds of levels. Not only people living there, but also people who are not living there and are from there and have a Kosovo passport. This was something that I really wanted to address with these instruments. Maybe it was very abstract. <laughs> I hope people got it. But uh, that was kind of like my way to bring to the forefront that this issue is actually really problematic and it needs to change. During my research, I started exploring the wildlife in the Balkans, and I came across the endangered Balkan lynx. The Balkan lynx is actually a subspecies of the Euro-Asian lynx, and it is believed that now in the Balkans there are only around 30 of them that are still around. They're living between Albania, Kosovo, Montenegro, Macedonia, and Serbia. But in order for them to survive, they need a wild forest uh, which are undisturbed by humans. And this is becoming a big problem in Europe. And therefore, this is a reason why uh, in the rest of Europe, actually, the, the lynxes are extinct. But what is very interesting about the lynx is that their home is actually in between uh, different countries because they need like a big amount of territory. So they're constantly crossing borders and living in between different countries. And I thought it makes a lot of sense for the project that is dealing with geopolitical borders to bring to the forefront the story of the Balkan lynx, which is an animal endangered. And somehow, metaphorically, its precarity and its uh, resilience, actually, it somehow made a lot of sense too somehow give some space in the project. Another element that is very present in my work is actually pop music, which we cannot deny. It's like everything that is um, said, it's sung. This has to do a lot with my upbringing, because my mom is a music composer, and I had this career with my sister as a child star, and then I somehow escape from that, but then ended up doing kind of the same thing. It's very significant how actually pop music has shaped my generation and my friends and internationally, because 
wherever I go, actually, the conversation that we have, we are all related through songs and through, through melodies and through the genres and through the lifestyle of those eras that somehow shaped us. For me, when I write music, it's very important that it's catchy because uh, that's also a way for me to show that it's very important to relate to the audience and that the audience really leaves the show with the melodies echoing in their body. For me, that's like the deepest way how we can communicate and touch each other. And since it mostly comes from the voice, I just find it very radical that the voice can actually penetrate other bodies in such a deep, universal sense. And the music is just uh, the most powerful medium. It goes beyond uh, logic. It, it's, uh, it's deep. <laughs> it goes very deep. Why aren't you a pop star? I get this question all the time. <laughs> and the answer is actually really hard, but I guess <laughs> the, the reason why I'm not a pop star is because I appreciate the space we get in the contemporary art 
to be experimental and it's not about entertainment, it's about bringing important questions to the forefront and it's not about making negotiations with like, uh, well, it is, but <laughs> it's a, in a smaller scale, making uh, negotiations with like the industry. So I feel like there's more, more space and freedom to be wild and a rebel and specifically performance for me, it's um, like a therapy, a way to kind of like deal with my trauma and also the best way to speak up. This whole process of making this project actually has been very emotional, but at the same time, I see it also as a blessing to be able to like deal with the trauma I've been through and uh, then I saw the opportunity to invite my sister uh, to perform together in the last part of the performance in the same space. And I didn't really know which song or what, what should we do, but I gave her, she took a lot of freedom because <laughs> she's very hard <laughs> to direct, she's amazing. And she was like, I'm gonna pick a song and I'm gonna prepare it and I'll do it. <laughs> and then she came. <laughs> And she actually picked a song that my mom wrote in the 80s, which is called Lule Bora, which in Albanian it means snow flower. And it made, made a lot of sense to start with a flower and end with a flower. I want to end this presentation with a video of my sister, Blirta Ismaili, singing Lule Bora by my mother, Selveta Krasnici.
Promise No Promises is a podcast series produced by the Gender Center for Excellence, a research project of the Institute Art, Gender, Nature, HGK, FHNW, Academy of Art and Design in Basel, conceived as a think tank tasked to assess, develop and propose new social languages and methods to understand the role of gender in the arts, culture, science and technology, as well as in all knowledge areas that are interconnected with the field of culture today. If you're interested to get more information about further podcasts and events related to this project, please visit detank.ch or subscribe to our newsletter at info.kunst.hgk.fhnw.ch. Editing and voiceover, Elena Cesar. Music, Niklas Kammermeier. Research Team, Tabea Rotfuchs and Marion Ritzmann. Press and Communication, Anna Franke. Technical Support by Esther Hunziger, Karin Bohrer, Konrad Siegel and Chris Handberg. Copyright Institute Art, Gender, Nature, HGK, FHNW, 2023.